you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. I remember the first time I drank alcohol. My college best friends, Daniel and Michael, threw me a Misha Gets Drunk party. I was 18 years old. I had never had a drink before. And I was the kind of person who swore she never would. But I was in college. It was the end of my freshman year. My friends were like, Misha, just try it before you give it up. I was already becoming less religiously Muslim and way more culturally Muslim. So I gave in to peer pressure. The first drink I had was not a glass of wine or a beer. It was a shot, a dirty Girl Scout, which means peppermint schnapps. And I got drunk that night, drunk enough to throw up. I wasn't pretty. I woke up the next morning feeling so guilty because I grew up with the idea that in Islam, drinking is not allowed. It's wrong. These days, I'm legally allowed to drink, and sometimes I still do. A glass of wine at dinner with my coworkers, a cocktail at a celebration. But every time I drink, I worry. I judge myself, I feel guilty. I wake up anxious the next day, probably because alcohol does that and not because I'm stressed about God. But okay, definitely a little bit because I'm stressed about God. And I always think, if it makes me feel this way, should I just give it up? Was my religion, my culture, right all along? And then, at the next birthday party, when someone offers me a drink, I face the choice. Say no, feel good, and possibly have to explain myself. Or just say, sure. So, I say sure. I'm Misha Youssef. This is Tell Them I Am. My name is Ahmed Weinberg. I'm a comedian for a living. Oh, I was raised Sufi. You know, that's a Muslim who smokes weed. And that's obviously not what it is. But, you know, it's a more mystical branch of Islam. All my Muslim friends right now are comedians. And we're raised in a more traditional Muslim way. They kind of make fun of me for, like, being a fake Muslim. What is it like being white and being Muslim? The hard part is just every Uber ride is me getting in a car and the driver asking how I pronounce my name and where I'm from, especially if it's a Muslim, you know. And and I'm down to talk about it, but to a certain extent, like, I can't do it in every ride. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm from Philadelphia, but... Yeah, a lot of Uber drivers are Muslim, so a lot of them are very kind of confused by why my name is Ahmed and what's going on. Yeah, it's funny. I have similar experiences with a lot of Uber drivers. Really? (laughs) To the point where I'm just like, I'm not. Like, I don't know how they get so deep so quickly when I'm refusing to talk to them, but they'll just be like, oh, like, are you married? And somehow it'll end up being a conversation about who I'm in a relationship with and, like, how that's, like, haram and not allowed. And it's like, how does every Uber turn into this when I don't want it to, you know? Yeah, Muslims love asking if you're married. 
Yeah. And if you're not, they have someone to set you up with. Very willing and ready (laughs) to get married. (laughs) Like right outside the car. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, my daughter is right there. But when, you know, I don't hide it ever. If people ask my name, I tell them, unless it's Starbucks, then I use a fake name. (laughs) What's your fake name? I say Jeff, which is my dad's name. My mom was one of 10 children, was raised Irish Catholic with a military father, and they were like army brats, just living in different bases all over the country, all over the world, really. And then uh, at a certain point, I think, you know, during college, my mom didn't graduate. She she left. Uh, she, she went on her own spiritual journey. And um, so I was kind of like going through all these different things and really coming to a point where, you know, well, where is really all this leading? And that led me to actually coming to Philadelphia and meeting my teacher, who is a Sufi master. And that was in 1978. And I've been here ever since in this uh, community here in Philadelphia. (laughs) My whole childhood was my mom taking me to the mosque at 3 a.m., for prayers. Oh, for Fudger prayers. For Fudger, yeah. And we also did Zikr before Fudger, which is like a meditation that was an hour long. So it was intense, you know. That's like really early to get to the mosque. When Ahmed hits school age, this seed is planted. And it's a question that a lot of kids struggle with. What's normal and what's not normal? Well, I was homeschooled and then I went to like a Muslim school and this was once I got into second grade, I went to a private school. And suddenly it went from me being around a bunch of Muslims to me being the only Muslim. And it was like a very difficult thing because I really at that point wanted to just be normal, like be American, whatever that meant in my mind. But that was hard because he just grew up in a very different way than the rest of his classmates. My parents were really into homeopathic medicine. Like anything holistic was the answer. I mean, I would have Tylenol around, but my parents are very anti-medication. When Ahmed was born, I took him, you know, to his well baby visits to a regular doctor. And he was getting ear infections, like constantly, you know, like I would just get him off of the antibiotics And then he would get another ear infection. So a friend of mine was studying homeopathy. And uh, so she gave him a couple of homeopathic remedies that really got his immune system strong so that he stopped getting these ear infections. And that's why I felt like, wow, this is really great, you know. So I really started to become more, which was my tendency anyway. My mom she used to try every time there was a rash, she would put colloidal silver on it. And What uh, is that? I don't know. It was <laughs> something that she made. It's actual silver. There was a little machine and she would dip this rod in, in water. And it was two rods that were on this little box. And I would plug it in and that would disperse the uh, silver. Put silver molecules into the water. And then that was supposed to be disinfectant, I think. And that was kind of like one of three options. Homeopathic medicine, colloidal silver, and prayer. So I just always had this attitude of like, kind of, 
the whole thing was was wrong, you know? Like, I, I wanted Western medicine, and I wanted to be, like, Christian or Jewish or something normal. And then came that one class field trip to the Pine Barrens. Which is this huge wooded area in New Jersey. And there's the myth of the Jersey Devil, which is this satanic creature that lives in the woods and has killed children. And, you know, it's kind of like Bigfoot. Like, there's so many people that have accounted to seeing it, but no actual evidence. And so part of us, you know, getting ready for the Pine Barrens was learning about the Jersey Devil and reading scary stories about it. And it really scared me because when you're growing up in a Muslim household, I guess any religious household, anything demonic that is like in a movie or a scary story, you can tell your parents like, oh, I'm scared about this demon. And my parents will be like, oh, it's okay. You're safe from demons because we have Qurans in our house that are open and it'll scare away the demons. But those are real and you should know that and like be safe out there. So it's very much like, oh shit. It's, you don't get that Santa Claus isn't real vibe. You get, oh, these, this is real. This is the exorcisms happen. Demons are out there. So leading up to this trip, I was telling my mom about the Jersey devil and how scared I was to go camping and be in the woods. And my mom called our teacher and told him that he was scaring her son and that it was bad and then the next day the teacher in front of the whole class we had a we had like a poster board that had all this jersey devil folklore and pictures on it and he had taken it down and he announced the class like oh we can't talk about the jersey devil anymore because ahmed is scared and that was like very embarrassing It keeps happening. Issues come up at school. He tells his mom. She contacts the school. And then he gets publicly shamed. I I imagine a lot of kids confide in their moms about things, but their moms don't, you know, take action necessarily. So I felt embarrassed and then angry at my mom for doing that. And then, of course, she was angry at the teacher for making a spectacle out of it. And it just kind of It just became a thing I resented her for doing. Years go by. Ahmed becomes an adult. He starts making his own decisions about how to live. And sometimes those choices aren't necessarily the same ones his parents would make. Now that I'm on antidepressants, like that was hard for them to accept. A few years ago, when he starts feeling really depressed, he fights it. But it gets worse. Prayer doesn't make a dent. Natural remedies don't do anything. He's just, like, really sad. So he sees a psychiatrist. It was something that I never really wanted to do. It wasn't something I was itching to do. But I had gone through a breakup and then was like, all right, just give it to me, whatever it is. Like, I'm just done trying to cope with this shit. Just give me the drugs. Oh, yeah, he did that. And um, we always discouraged that, you know, because of the side effects. That are when you read them, they're like terrifying. I think in her mind, she sees these as like, you know, just bumps in the road, like, oh, he's just being a kid and doing this stuff, and it's not gonna be forever. It's not who he is. So, experimenting, I guess. She thinks you're experimenting with antidepressants. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am, I would say. There, I, I felt, I'll try to say this in a clear way, I definitely felt like, because 
I was depressed and because it was Western medicine, like I was attracted to it, to the idea that, oh, there's an answer and it's just a pill that you take. And so doing it, you know, has has been somewhat of an experiment. What I've come to terms with is that my mom was raising me Muslim. I mean, she was also like just a anxious mother and that's a lot that's a lot of it. It's not just Islam. But I think it was a harder it was a harder path for her because trying to raise someone Muslim when there's no Muslims around is difficult because your kid is just going to not want that. So I would say like as a child I just resented the f- the feeling of being different and as an adult I feel empathy because I feel like oh what she was trying to do is pretty much impossible, you know. But I think it comes full circle in a lot of ways because my mother being raised Catholic and I don't know what her parents' view on medicine was, but I imagine it wasn't homeopathic. So she left her childhood that she felt was wrong to go on her own journey. And she, where she ended up was that like spirituality and homeopathic medicine were the answers to life. And then putting that on me in this religious way, I, of course, went the other way. So it seems to be too two half circles, you know, forming one circle, where now I'm kind of back probably where her parents were, of like, yeah, let's just go to the doctor. They probably know what's up. You can learn more about Ahmed on his Twitter or Instagram at Ahmed Weinberg. Or you can catch a show out here in L.A. or when he's on tour. Thanks for listening to Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed by James Kim and Mary Knopf. It was written by Arwen Nix, Mary Knopf, and me. Mary is my producer. And don't tell Mary Knopf all these jokes we've been making this whole time aren't true. And we actually all love James Kim. Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KPCC, and she is also our editor. And she has a completely different haircut every two weeks. It keeps us on our toes. Valentina Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our engineers. Our tile art is by our talented designer, Stephanie Kraft. Our beautiful music is by David Leinard. You can find incredible illustrations of all of our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to Emin Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. We'll be back next week with another story.